think we need to be afraid of looking at the deeper questions. You know, what does it really mean to be a disciple? What what is the church? You know, what um, how do we really serve the community? Kind of, um, and not only the community but the world, the larger world, um, and uh, just recognizing that it's it's not. It's not about us, I guess is what I'm saying, or it's not about how we performed or how we're achieving or not achieving as a congregation um, or, you know, how the how we're measuring up against this year's budget um, or if we even have a budget. So um, uh, that it really um, can be an, an, a kind of an adventure uh, in discipleship. Welcome to Presby Speak. This is Reverend Greg Klimovitz, your Associate Presbyter and host of our Presbyterius podcast. What we have for you today is a second episode featuring reflections from two pastors engaged in the Vital Congregations Initiative. You can learn more about this church revitalization venture of the PCUSA and our 11 participating congregations by visiting us at www.presbyphl.org and click Vital Congregations under our Ministry and Leadership Incubator tab. There is so much good stuff available there. This week, Courtney Wilcox, moderator of what we call the VCI Discernment and Strategy Team, and I sat down over Zoom with Reverend Cheryl Perch of Summit Presbyterian Church and Reverend Peter Suljak, transitional pastor of Carmel Presbyterian Church. Both of these congregations are uniquely exploring questions and curiosities related to congregational vitality that are sure to speak into your own ministries and musings about what it means to be the Church of Jesus Christ today. Also, stick around at the end of the episode as our executive presbyter, Reverend Ruth Faye Santana Grace, offers again a blessing of vitality for our congregations. But finally, before we go any further, a quick plug for our upcoming Fall Fest on Saturday, November 6th. This year, we will simplify this online leadership equipping event by welcoming Reverend Paul Roberts, president of the Johnson C. Smith Seminary. Reverend Roberts will lead us in reflections on leadership in the wilderness. More information is available on our website under the tab News and Events. We hope to see you there. Um, so we're looking forward to hearing from our two churches today, but just for, so folks know, the 11 congregations that you, you can be lifting up in prayer as well are Ben Salem, Crossroads, Elkins Park, Glading, Holy Trinity Bethlehem, Mount Airy, Levittown, Olivet Covenant, Warminster, and then today on our screen we have Carmel and Summit. Uh, so uh, we also want, want to just uh, have a chance to introduce Courtney again. Um, if you listened to the last episode, you've heard from Courtney already. But again, Courtney serves as the moderator of our discernment and strategy team, which is this network of pastors and ministry leaders in our presbytery who are providing another layer of support for our churches that are navigating this uh, two-year venture of revitalization and, and congregational vitality. Courtney, we're grateful for the way that you've uh, leaned into this and offered your voice and your leadership and uh, and and simply your partnership and collaboration for the gospel. So, Sure, Greg, thanks. So I do lead up the discernment team and this has given me sort of an umbrella view, a bird's eye view of what's going on with VCI. One of the things that I love and I'm so enthused about VCI is thinking about revitalization and that VCI provides a jumping off point for these congregations. 
Um, it offers new and different engagement. It's multidimensional. So it works within their own congregation. It works within the presbytery and it works within the larger church. The image I have in my head for this opportunity is a grassy field that leads to a wide open space from which someone might parasail or jump into the openness, but trusting the updraft, stepping out into God's yes for their lives and for their ministry. Um, VCI also provides some street signs along the way as they consider and they help offer direction. VCI congregations and pastors walk with one another. And sometimes, so we look at um, strengths, but we also look at growing edges. And sometimes looking into those areas where we fall short can be hard, but knowing that we're doing this and we're not alone and knowing that there is this kinship along the way from friends and colleagues in the presbytery and also from other churches around the country lets us work faithfully in community. So the seven marks are simply areas in our congregation where we can look intentionally and deeply, perhaps in things that we haven't thought about before in congregations. And I think we're gonna to hear today that, that these seven marks can be used, this, this vital congregations can be used in different ways for the different needs of the churches. So it's very individualized, it is not prescriptive. So it's an exciting opportunity to consider what it means to be church, what is our church doing? Um, and I, I think it's great to walk with these churches along the way. So that's my look at the, the VCI, Greg. I, I love that. And I think if folks are interested in learning more about vital congregations as one of many modalities that are out there and, and platforms for kind of navigating congregational health and call and vocation and, and unique witness, um, and contextualized witness, that is, you can go to our website, presbyphl.org, and you can check out the tab at the top. It says Ministry and Leadership Incubator, and there's a vital congregations page that you can engage with all kinds of resources that are there. And if you can actually introduce our, uh, our two pastors here and kind of lead the way. Sure. Um, we want to welcome the Reverend Cheryl Perch from Summit Presbyterian Church and the Reverend Peter Soliak from Carmel Presbyterian Church. And we're excited to, to hear from them and their journeys are different in a lot of ways. And so the first question that I would like to ask you to consider is what led your congregation to join this venture in revitalization? And before we jump into the first question, I would love for um, Peter and Cheryl to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about their congregations. Yes, my name is Cheryl Perch. I pastor the Summit Presbyterian Church in the West Manary neighborhood of Philadelphia. I've been there 13 years. Um, and uh, we're a church of, you know, 50 in worship, uh, 100 on the book, something uh, in that area. But I think what um, really caught people's attention was the emphasis on relationships, relationships uh, between, uh, within our congregation, but also the chance to kind of maybe talk with other congregations and be part of a larger um, uh, movement and uh, to, um, you know, the, um, even though some people I think, you know, 
voted yes or kind of got excited because I thought, oh, well, maybe this will help us with our membership. The fact that it wasn't just a membership growing, you know, uh, um, that it wasn't a membership growing program, I think, actually helped uh, reassure people. Um, but it wasn't a sense of crisis. Um, uh, uh, and it wasn't a sense of, oh my gosh, can we do this? Can we keep on here? We just finished a successful capital campaign. Um, I mean, we are a small church with a large building, but you know, it's been, we've been stable for decades, uh, long before I came. So um, it wasn't a sense of crisis. It was more a sense of um, curiosity, I think. Um, I mean, stability is good, but also maybe give us a bit more of a sense of adventure and mm. possibility. And what could we really do differently that would even bring us into deeper discipleship mm. with Jesus Christ? And I see, I see this is really helping us to, um, go forward a little bit more courageously than we might have, or a little bit more creatively, I should say, than um, we might have before. Yes, I'm Peter Soliak. I'm a transitional pastor at Carmel Presbyterian Church. I'm uh, filling in after the 12-year excellent ministry of Jim Thornton, and I partner here with Ashley Rossi, our associate pastor, current moderator of the Presbytery. So, um, I'm in a, a really good situation. Jim left the church in, in a strong position, and Ashley is a wonderful pastor leading the congregation in new directions, I think, and also uh, lifting up and pastoring and nurturing the souls of the folks who are here and wishing to grow spiritually as well. I, as I said, I came as a transitional pastor, which is another word for interim ministry, and as we, I arrived, the pandemic had just begun. And uh, Cheryl said that the radar put vital ministries, vital congregations off her radar. I think it, the pandemic put it on our radar. And the reason is because vital congregations was paused for a year because of the pandemic or at least six months. And they reopened it to new churches. And Ashley and I got together and I said, hey, Ashley, I don't know if you saw the recent Presbyterian newsletter. And she said, I did. And I wanted to talk to you about something. And what it was is we both thought vital congregations would be perfect for our transitional ministry moving into that. And I, I think it, it's, it's been wonderful for us. Um, the seven marks of vital congregations became a study a mission study for our church. And um, it's, it's a way to shape the congregation and to allow them to experience what they've been good at, what the church has thrived on, and yet also to see how that might be adapted for our future. Peter, you said that you and Ashley both looked at the website and saw it. So what was it that you saw? What Was there a word that jumped out or a concept or just the idea of this is something we could do in this transitional time? Well, it, it was basically during a transitional ministry, you need to come up with a mission study of where the church has been. I saw from the Presbyterian newsletter, which then led me to the webpage, was the seven marks of vital congregations provides the framework for such a study. And it doesn't have to be for a transitional ministry because this was not designed for that. It's for any congregation that wants to uh, look at its future, 
find out what are the seven marks of congregations that are thriving right now. And as I mentioned, the pandemic um, kind of made us question in a new way um, all of these ecclesiastical changes that are occurring, you know, with the building, what's the use of the building? We have a huge building here and we're not able to use it with the pandemic. What is our mission? We can't do mission as we always did. Who's a member of the congregation? You know, we have a list of some 400 members, um, but to what extent are they all members? So, and what does this mean when you can't come to worship? What will the future look like? So we were, in, in a sense, we were like Jeremiah, you know, as he writes in, um, I get chapter 31 there, where he's talking about um, the, the, the old concrete slabs of the law being shattered and the law being written on the heart. If we're without a building, without normal mission, um, what is a member? And what is written on our hearts? And these seven marks, in a way, uh, for me, and, and I, I think through my discussion with Ashley as well, they would help us to discover the future of our building, our mission, and uh, what a member is going to be. And I, I mentioned before we began that one of our members, a couple of our members live out of town, too far to come worship, yet one's in DC, the family's in DC. They began worshiping online with us every week. And now one of them happens to be uh, elected a deacon. So from afar, using the telephone, using Zoom, FaceTime, she's doing mission and caring for the members near and far. And, and that's, that's a new, that's something new that, that came out of our, our whole thing, our whole thing. Envisioning the future, these seven marks have helped us to do that. Peter, that is, that's really, I mean, I get goosebumps hearing the stories of the ways, the marks, the ways, the process impacts so differently the churches that are participating. That many, many of our churches are starting to ask a lot about what truly is vital. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so much over the last year, year plus has stripped away a lot of the trappings that may have gotten confused with vitality and what it meant to be the church and the, the, the essentials of truly what it means to be God's people in the world and to be a worshiping and, and witnessing community. And you're naming here relationships as a huge component. So I'm wondering, what have you learned over the last few, few months through the Vital Congregations program about what truly is vital what, in terms of its connection to, to what it means to be the church? We've learned what is vital, I think more than is um, uh, really prayer and spiritual reflection. I mean, one of the first, um, and, and that although we, we enjoy our building, we use it for the community, we just put down new carpet in our sanctuary, <laughs> you know, we're, um, you know we're, we're looking forward to going back, um, you know, being stripped of it for uh, 18 months um, has been less, I think, difficult than anyone thought. And, um, and, and people really stepped up in other ways. One thing we did at the beginning uh, last spring, not this past spring, spring of 2020, 
is um, I thought, well, maybe, you know, since we have to use email, that's the only way we can basically connect email and phone. I just thought I'd maybe invite people if they wanted to write devotionals, you know, for the daily devotionals. And, you know, we did a kind of Easter tide thing. And I was just blown away by the um, depth and the um, eagerness with with which people shared uh, parts of their spiritual journey as we reflected on the daily lectionary and a Wednesday night group that um, Bible study group that, you know, has always been small and, you know, it just kind of blossomed on zoom. Um, and I think, you know, part of it was we all needed it. You know, people, people were in a very um, thin place just by mm. virtue of uh, being in the pandemic. Um, but it also just showed us that that's where it really matters. You know, that's where it really matters. And um, uh, and uh, although, you know, you know, we kind of joked about, oh, you know, how much of our time is taken up with the building, um, which it still is, and we're not ready to let it go. It's, you know, um, but it just kind of was a helpful reassurance that, uh, you know, we actually don't have to have the building. And, uh, you know, um, if something should happen in the future, you know, I think we might could maybe could uh, let it go more easily if, if necessary. Vital the seven marks of vital congregation is a necessary return to who God is. And uh, it's a reforming of God's people um, in, in the sense that we want to figure out what is real for us today and how can that realness become part of our life and guide us into the future. Um, moving in a sense from inward looking at the institution to a neighborhood relationship focus and mission that um, I think the pandemic is pushing us to do more so than we might have more quickly than we might have done it earlier. Um, you know, churches in, the, in a survival mode, for instance, they, they look inward, but uh, for them to get out of that mode, they have to start looking outward and find out where that mission is. The, the Holy Spirit constantly moving around us, challenging us, changing, reforming, revitalizing the church, leading us into those, those new things that, that God's people do. So I, it's, it's, I think the time that we're in now allows us to, to challenge ourselves on everything we've done in the past and be open to this newness of where God is taking the church. A large part of the next two years is really about holding in tension the confession, which we do need to acknowledge as individuals and communities of faith, the places where we have missed the mark um, and, and where we have strayed from what it means to be the people of God in the world. But we also need to lean into the, the affirmations of our faith, the confessional as in, like, what do we believe to be true about ourselves? <laughs> and, and where is God uh, truly alive and well in our midst? So I'm going to ask this question. Where have you seen both? Well, I think I think in terms of um, confession about God moving among us and where it is, it is in uh, relationships, I've said, and also in um, uh, kind of um, theological reflection and formation, I think um, uh, both around 
Bible study, this Wednesday evening Bible study on Zoom. You know, what's happened is it's actually turned into a Bible study prayer time. And then people will email in between with thoughts and, you know, follow up. And, <laughs> you know, I almost keep out of that discussion, but it's uh, fascinating to me. Some really, uh, you know, they'll really take off with it. Um, and so I think uh, we've seen a um, new uh, kind of um, deepening of that and seeing God in our midst in that way, uh, in a way we perhaps hadn't. And, you know, consistent worship, even over Zoom. Uh, I think the, a couple, and also a formation, spiritual formation, discipleship in terms of uh, learning about social justice uh, issues more in our book groups and things like that have been, um, you know, we've really seen a lot of vitality in that. What I think uh, is going to be challenging for us is, um, well, first of all, I know authentic evangelism, you know, it's the the mark we've always struggled with um, for good reasons, I think, and reason we should confess, <laughs> in, uh, you know, missing the mark point. Um, yes, we don't believe that you're automatically go going to go to, you know, hell if you're not a Christian. So that that is not a, propel a compelling reason. Um, and also, I think, um, you know, people feel uncomfortable. I, you know, are the, the, it's, reluctant for us a good way it's reluctant for us let me put it that that it's a hard mark for us is that um i think you know people aren't looking necessarily to visitors as oh wow another person for coffee hour hosting or yeah uh, try you know not having a utilitarian outlook um but what we have to confess is what why aren't we wanting to share the good news or what is it that makes it so hard for us to even invite people into church and welcome full throatedly anyone who comes in and full heartedly, um, you know, that would be definitely an area for us, you know, us to look at. Um, and uh, so, um, but that was, that would not, will not come as a surprise to anyone. <laughs> I don't think. I'll, I'll just jump in. Uh, one of the things that we did is we took all seven marks and I did a sermon series on them and I did this in the spring and before the sermon we did the study on the mark we looked at lifelong discipleship ministry and we also looked at intentional authentic evangelism and the outward incarnational focus but the one that was most important was looking at youth leadership and development and that's where, because of the pandemic, our youth had not been meeting face-to-face. -face. And we had been doing it on Zoom, but they were so Zoomed out, they didn't want to really do Zoom either. And so the parents were came on and said, we really want to have some face-to-face -face activities for our kids. And they're missing that. They need that. They need the relationship component, which Carmel has been very strong with through the past, both in youth ministry and in lifelong relationships that people have built. And so that caused us to have a special Zoom session with parents and leaders of the youth where we focus just on youth ministry. And where are we going with that now? And where are we transitioning to that in the future? So we're transitioning now. The pandemic made it urgent. Uh, the racial 
challenges our country and our community has faced, faced have made this transitional time something where we need to act, react and act immediately, not wait for the new pastor to come. So Vital Congregations has lifted up and made alive and urgent things that need to be done now that we want to move and live into as we guide ourselves into the future. What is a word of encouragement that you would have for any of our congregations listening into this conversation? Not so much. You should do vital congregations. This is not a this is not a promo for that. But as churches are thinking about their own sense of call and their, their own sense of identity um, and the relation, the relational nature of their community, what is a word of of encouragement that you would have for our churches? I don't think we need to be afraid of looking at the deeper questions. You know, what does it really mean to be a disciple? What what is the church? You know, what um, how do we really serve the community kind of um, and not only the community, but the world, the larger world. Um, and uh, just recognizing that it's it's not it's not about us, I guess is what I'm saying, or it's not about how we've performed or how we're achieving or not achieving as a congregation um, or, you know, how the, how we're measuring up against this year's budget um, or if we even have a budget. So um, uh, that it really um, can be an, an, a kind of an adventure uh, in discipleship and we shouldn't be afraid of it. Um, I mean, now you're going to get me on my climate change. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, we are living in such a remarkable time, you know, on this precipice, really. And we just have to have courage, not only to look at who we are as a church, but as as followers, well, as followers of Christ, because the world, because so much is in the bounce right now. And um, so much, uh, not the end of the world, I do believe that is in God's hands, but um, uh, the choice between life and death and suffering and peace, you know, just, there's just so much, uh, it's such a perilous um, time, but also one of promise. And I think we just have to kind of get our courage up and, uh, you know, really go for, forward as deeply as we can. I think the time that we're in now allows us to, to challenge ourselves on everything we've done in the past and be open to this newness of where God is taking the church. And, and this is happening not just in the church and in a lot of institutions all, all around us. So we come together as the people of God in new ways to shape new ways of, of living together, um, mm. not just ourselves, but with others. But thank you, Peter, for being on this call um, and for for the way that uh, you're leaning into this this season. Thank you. It's, it's exciting what you're doing. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for, for sharing with us, for sharing your heart. Thank you for your ministry in our community um, and the way that you um, uniquely bear witness to the gospel through the folks of and alongside the folks of Southern Presbyterian Church. All right, well, have a good one. Thanks. Yep. Take care. Bye-bye.
And now hear a blessing of vitality from our executive presbyter, Reverend Ruth Faith Santana Grace. Join me in word of prayer. Lord, you call us to be a people of resurrection hope, unbound by the fear of death. A people called out of darkness into vital and resurrection possibilities for what it means to be a faithful and relevant witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ at this time and this place. We are grateful for the faithfulness of the saints of Ben Salem, of Carmel, of Crossroads, of Elkins Park, of Glading Memorial, of Holy Trinity Bethlehem, of Levittown, Mount Airy, Olivet Covenant, Summit, and Warminster. We are grateful for their boldness to intentionally make this pilgrimage of discernment and discovery, understanding that your plans and vision and hope for them and for us is far greater than anything we can see or even imagine. May they continue to embody and strengthen the marks of vital communities of faith, marks focused on deepening our understanding of who we are because of whose we are. Marks focused on deepening our understanding of the word, not simply for ourselves, but in an effort to strengthen our becoming the word in the world. May your powerful Holy Spirit continue to breathe life and hope into their witness. We entrust their every step and every breath into your hands. In the powerful name of Jesus the Christ, amen. <laughs>